Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Josh Neighbors here, Neighborhood Watch, Crystal Ball, College Football. On today's edition, John Kurtz joins me. Have a whole lot to get to. We talk about the Big 12 trying to protect Texas from the SEC and other influences in college football specifically, and also look at some more Big 12 expansion notes. How tough would it be for the league to get out west all the way to California if it's not a Power 5 school? John and I tackle that as well. One note before we get going. Uh, one of the mics, it appears, was not all the way up yesterday, so we had to boost John's audio. It will be a little hit or miss. We apologize ahead of time, but this is live. We are doing this here at Big 12 Media Days, so uh, the rest of the content should be good to go, but John's mic level is a little low, so we have to jack that audio up as you listen. It's a great conversation, though. We tackle some pretty kind of new topics when it comes to defending Texas and also can the Big 12 get into California. So it's definitely worth your time. Just going to have to lean a little bit closer to the radio or to the phone or into your headphones, whatever it is. But it's a fun show. I hope you guys enjoy it. Josh Neighbors here, Neighborhood Watch on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. John Kurtz is here from the KC Sports Network. John, it's nice to meet you in person, nice to talk to you in person. Um, we have a, a few things on the agenda, but the first thing that really stuck out to me, we've talked a lot about expansion and realignment, all that stuff. So the Big 12 announced today, Brett Yormark did when he, when he spoke, about their extension with Dallas, AT&T Stadium, through 2030, and really, you know, I, I was... I was thinking, oh, no, no shit. Like, of course they want to stay at home here. And he was saying it's important, DFW, all that stuff. But really, I started thinking about it. And you've got Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC, which does kind of give a more of a foothold in Texas than they already had. You've got the Pac-12 looking at, you know, school potentially like SMU. And so I started thinking about how important is Texas? Like, it feels like a layup, but protecting Texas is actually something the Big 12 needs to think about and say, no, this is where we held our championship game. It's a, been a great game the last few years. This is where the, the most fun championship game each week can be found. How important do you think is defending home turf? No, honestly, very important. I think that's a great point you laid out. I hadn't totally thought about it like that. I had until today, yeah. I you're saying that, and I'm like, well, man, yeah, they got Texas and Texas A&M now in the SEC, and yes, Oklahoma. So, like, you've got three real powerful brands be very easy to start seeding some power here in the state because of that and and you will to a certain degree right. but man with baylor tech tcu everything that you have still here in state you want to maintain sort of a presence and you know smu it is what it is but everybody's yeah. trying to get in here that's been the narrative that's been force fed to us lately from pac-12 country right is how right. important smu is because they carry texas so you're right there is a huge significance to that i love it i mean this is just such a great place to yeah. be. It, it just feels big right the right used to feel kind of small time yeah and yeah. now it feels big i was I did a great interview with tim weiser earlier who's uh the deputy commissioner of the conference mm -hmm. used to be at k-state 
he kind of talked about that. Like he was at K State from 01 to 08 as the athletic director, and like Big 12 just felt much different, more reactionary. <laughs> right. Omar came in and challenged things, and has made it all feel bigger. Here we are, man, and it's going to stay here. Media days, the whole kit and caboodle. Obviously, the championship game. I think it's huge for the Big 12 to try and do as much as you can to lay claim here in the state because it's going to be a battle. Yeah, and I was I was actually staying in town right now with somebody I went to the University of Missouri with, and he was you know talking to me and saying, look, there's a lot of LSU fans here. There's a lot of Texas fans. There's a ton of Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma. There's A&M. There's Arkansas fans. Obviously, we know Jerry Jones. He has a connection with Arkansas as well. So you know there's and they play A&M here pretty often. I mean, you know, there is a pretty good chance that the SEC wants to make, you know, itself kind of heard here. But the Big 12, this is this is their ground. Like, this is the cornerstone of the Big 12. Is this state by numbers? You know, kind of by what the feel. And I think they, I think you're right. Like they've done a good job the last few years. I mean, especially the Baylor game and then the Kansas State game. Two goal line stands. I felt like there were moments that happened here. And I think any opportunity to see like they have to make sure they protect it because we're talking so much about the expansion aspect of it there's a certain element of i mean the big 12 had happened to them right like if you're not watching your back you know you might get knifed and, and that yeah. kind of happened to them in yeah. some ways and so it's it's important to to kind of make sure that your home ground is taken care of well, i think there's a, an identity part of it too yeah like you said like th this has been such a big part of the big 12's identity obviously with conference hq being here yep and these conferences they get more and more spread out and we right. get further and further away from what actually makes sense you know with these conferences it is what it is, but you want to do whatever you can to maintain some semblance of an identity. It's going to be different. People will yeah. look at it and say, you know, I think by the time it's all said and done, maybe more west, more east, and like Brett Yormark wants it to be a coast-to-coast -coast mm -hmm. conference. Make sure that the heart is still here in Dallas where it started. Make sure that that can still be the cornerstone of everything, if for no, no other reason than the recruiting advantage right. that you get by doing that and just trying to make sure the kids know, like, hey, if you make it to the Big 12 championship game, you're going to play here in, in Jerry World in front of everybody you know. Yeah, and I think also you mentioned, like, this does feel big, and I think, you know, no matter what happens to the conference, there's going to be such an investment to making sure the public, I and mean, there already has been, you can tell, whether it's, you know, in the realignment fight, you know, stuff being leaked, Big 12 pressure, whatever you want to say, there's a conscious effort to make sure the public image of the conference is a certain thing. Yeah. Now, whether the reality of that is actually the case, you know, the Big 12 has, a, has I think, a, a duty to make sure the perception is we're fine, we're stronger, it's better. And I think a lot of people have taken that and run with it. So I think it's interesting. I want to go on to the, you mentioned the California part of this, and I was thinking about San Diego State. You know, it sounds like the Big 12 wasn't interested in them. And I mean, I think it's kind of a mutual mutual type deal. But how hard it's going to be for the Big 12 to get a school from California here, especially if it's not a Power 5 school. Because think about the non-revenue sports having to travel to UCF, to West Virginia, to Iowa State, and have to go to all of these places. And the financial burden, especially if they're not a full partner, like they're going to need somebody to help flip the bill. And so I know the Big 12 wants to go to California, and I get it. But to me, I've started to think about it, especially the San Diego State thing. It really never got off the ground with the Big 12 and them. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, if it's not a Power 5 school in California, of which there's really only two at this point, Stanford and Cal, that are available, and I don't think those two match up very well, how does the Big 12 get out there? I mean, I, I don't know if California is, is going to be part of the future of this conference. Yeah, I, just, I don't really see a viable path to it because I think you're right. I mean, in fairness to San Diego State, I do feel like it's probably a mutual thing with them and the Big 12. Right, yeah. Especially as, as long as they feel like the Pac-12 could still exist right. in some kind of form. Because we know about the pro rata clause. Yeah. And if it's not going to be a power five school, it's not automatic that you're going to get that. And probably unlikely, I would think, that you're going to get that if you were to add San Diego State. So then you're talking about you're probably not going to be a full-fledged member. Right. right. You're taking a partial share. 
San Diego State has been vocal about they don't want to do that. They feel like they are deserving. Good luck. Probably are. Right, right, but good good luck getting that. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's going to be tough, but certainly wouldn't happen with the Big 12. And then you have the extra expenses of having to fly out wherever you're going to fly out your Olympic sports and the extra money that that's going to take. So it makes literal dollars and cents, I think, probably from a San Diego State standpoint there, at least in the short term. I guess yeah. the argument you could say, hey, just suck it up in the short term for long-term viability. Right. You truly believe that the Pac-12 is going to fail. But, yeah, it's probably the only route. Like, how else is it happening? Right. You know, I mean, Cal and Stanford. Cal and Stanford, I think, would just drop football before that would ever, ever happen here. So, yeah, I think that's the only way. It's not happening with Cal. It's not happening with Stanford. We know about, you know, we know about the, I mean, I think the differences, you know, and I think everybody knows what I mean when I say differences are, they are too different, I think is a good way to say it, for them to join this league. What else stuck out to you with with Brett Yormark's comments? I thought him, you know, I think he felt like he might have gotten a little too overzealous last week with the BYU TV interview where he said 14, and I, I think he did as much work as possible to correct that. And I think also today there was a big focus on all of the stuff the Big 12 has done and say, hey, guys, open for business did not just mean that it's all about expansion. And so I think he was kind of trying to tamper some expectations on that front. And all, you know, I, I think he was trying to walk that back because I think there's been so much momentum with it that he wanted to be like, all right, look, it, it's going to be a loss for us. It's, it's weird to think, right, if the Pac-12 just gets a TV deal and somehow be a loss for the Big 12 in some ways. Yeah. I think he's trying to make sure that there's a bit more of a highlighting across the board about what happens. Uh, your thoughts on what he had to say? Was that something big? Yeah, I, to me, there were there were two real big takeaways. One is he got asked about Texas and Oklahoma in the little breakout where someone yep. said, like, hey, they've been carrying this conference recruiting-wise. How are you guys? Who's going to step up? And he kind of stopped and said, look, no. <sighs> They haven't been in the championship game in a few years here. But the recruiting part of it's actually true. The recruiting part is true. Is true. You know, no, the results. It was, it was hard to hear in that whole play. I didn't hear the recruiting right. piece being mentioned. I thought it was just Texas and Obamacare, and I thought, oh, boy, he's going to have an answer for that. Right. But I just love that he's he's going to stick up for his his guys that are still here in the league. He's not afraid yeah. of Texas and Oklahoma. So that was one thing that really stood out to me, just his, his attitude of that. The other thing, honestly, is just like the way he went about that felt very – like Steve Jobsian. It all felt Steve Jobsian, yeah. Like, no. He has his big presentation. He rolls back that video. And, there, and twice. he didn't. He didn't have. There was no uh, uh, podium, right? Yeah. He was doing the walking yes. back and forth bit as well. Yes, you get like. Honestly, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like. Oh, Kendall Roy. Like John Canzano's <laughs> in the world that have kind of billed him as this like used car salesman right. here that don't like him. I'm like, they probably did not like that very much. Right, right. I look at it and I'm like, man, this guy seems cool as hell. Like I. Just, yeah. I, and obviously, you have to have the substance to back it up, but I think he has so far. So it's just, I think it's becoming clear. Like, yeah. say, he, he is a very confident guy. He yeah. wants to own the room. He kind of projects the confidence that he wants the league to have, and I think you can see just watching him why this league has taken on a completely different image. Because right. Because his whole aura. He kind of has an aura about yeah. what he's up there presenting. Well, you know, it, it did remind me, you know, not everybody out there watched Succession, but it reminded me of Kendall Roy giving the kind of the living plus speech where he's walking around and he's being trying to be charismatic and it's it's and you know with him there's a bit of subtlety to him but it's like there's a confidence of somebody who's been in the, the game and the game here being obviously you know the the media space the entertainment space and he kind of understands that and i like the fact that he is not a f- cultural fit for this conference right not at all, at all. Not and i think the one thing is he he i've maintained this and he's not gonna he's like i like college football now right i'm not sure if you caught that part of it but he's like i watched college football a lot for the last year 
I'm hooked now. And like, whether I believe it or not, and whether it's actually true or not, it doesn't really actually matter, right? I mean, I think we've learned that now. Like these, you don't need college sports people to get college sports business done. And we saw Kevin Warren come to the NFL, screw up the COVID thing, and then ink an unbelievable television contract <laughs> and leave again, right? And so it's kind of like this weird thing, like what does a conference commissioner have to be? And so also I love the part today where he's like, let's look at that video one more time. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this is the least authentic thing I've ever seen in my life. But like, I'm like, that's, that's he's a salesman. And that's, that's what, and that's what it needs. That's what it needs to be at this point, I think for a league that's, look, it's a product. Like it's not the top product. It's not the bottom product. It's somewhere in the middle. How does it find ways to stand out? Yeah. Well, he he makes it stand out. Right. And you can say what you want. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw that, I was kind of like, okay, how is that gonna play? The running it back thing on the yeah. Show. But to me, I kind of take the. To go with the bad. I'm gonna say good with the bad. I don't even know that it's really bad, but you just kind of take who he is. Right to get the benefits that come along with it. And I think the benefits just so much outweigh anything that could yeah. be off-putting to somebody because of everything you're saying, how it just projects the conference forward. It's made such a huge difference. Uh, so the buzz, let's just let's do a little actual little bit of football here, and I'll, I'll get you out of here. Uh, Kansas State, Texas. And somebody asked me if you had to do tiers of the league, and I was like, do I have to do certain numbers? I feel pretty strongly about K-State and Texas being above everybody else, right? Texas for the sheer talent. K-State is the combination of returning talent, you know, plus coach, plus all, all the stuff that you'd really want and what they did last year. What's the sense that you're getting from everybody else? Is it K-State, Texas, and everybody else? Is is there somebody else? You know, I, I think some – I think people are making the Kansas argument. I'm, I'm not sold in the depth in the defense. You know, I think Mike Gundy can never be counted out because he's such a good coach, but we've got no idea what the amount of roster turnover – Texas Tech obviously wants to be considered, but they played three quarterbacks last year. All three of them got hurt, so I think that has to be considered. Is it is it the tier top tier just two teams you think, or is there somebody else that we should be putting in that tier? Yeah, if you're asking me personally, I almost make it like a four-team top tier. Okay. I, Oklahoma because of the schedule. It really is so much because of that. Like I was just talking with Brian Edwards a second ago. Like it is schedule based. Yeah. With that because I don't really believe in Venables. I've got questions about their roster. I wonder if the ceiling's high enough for Gabriel. Can they right. get the defense figured out? But the schedule and the pedigree is still there, obviously, in that program. So I think they probably belong in that discussion. And Texas Tech, I just, they fit that. Momentum. To a team. The momentum. It's exactly what Baylor did. It's exactly what K-State did. Tech is next up in that same, kind of created in that same image. And I love what they have. It is, it, it's health. Yeah. There. So there's obviously a huge caveat, but if Shuck can stay healthy, there's no reason that they can't win the league. So I would just lump all four teams there in the top. Texas, obviously, is the most talented, but we know 15 years of history, what it what it actually means. In case they won the league last year, but has to replace guys like Deuce Vaughn, although I did hear that that got asked to uh, the wrong coach earlier today, replacing Deuce Vaughn, got asked ah. to Sonny Dykes. Oh, well, per <laughs> hey, Purple, you know, you can see how uh, you could get confused, right? Yeah, <laughs> Both Purple schools. Mistake, I suppose. Um, but no, anyway, so I, to me, that's right. kind of like the – and then the next year, I feel like there's like eight teams that could just right. be anywhere in that. Baylor, Oklahoma State. Actually, Ari Temkin, I know, is a great yeah. guy, does a great job on the Big 12 yeah. satellite channel. He was the one that picked Oklahoma State. And I actually I loved his interview with, with 365 with you guys because he made a pretty good case. He's like, look, it's wide open, man. Yeah. This is the guy that's been the most consistent and the most accomplished in the league. Right. Why – and I was – it was just a couple years ago that they were beating Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Like, why couldn't he? Right, and I, and I'm, I'm watching actually. Sonny Dykes is behind you, ironically enough. And I'm and I'm thinking about all this. TCU's not being talked about at all. And no, I mean, look, here's the thing: is like they've they've you know you sub in Kendall Bryles. I mean, 
say what you want. I'm not a huge fan of anybody involved in the Bryles family, but like he is a he's a pretty good coach. Yeah. And Chandler Morris, look, is a guy that was going to be a starter last year. And so, you know, I'm wondering what that combination could look like. They actually did a pretty good job in the portal. I think the back end of their defense is, is, you know, like they've got guys in the team who have been on the journey once. And actually, you know, some of them probably think like there's some unfinished business, right? They didn't, they, you know, they, 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 they lost the two biggest games. Well, I guess two biggest games. The, the Michigan game was the biggest. But they lost two of the three biggest games of, the, of their season. They probably don't feel like there's, you know, there's, there's some unfinished business there. We haven't bring them up. And so, yeah, there's this, there, somebody will emerge out of that group. I'm wondering who it is. My eyes are all over. Oklahoma State, though. I, I feel like it could be a train wreck because the way Gundy is so headstrong with that roster yeah. and the way it's turned over He's and everything. He's been on disaster for a while. Yeah, but it's, you know, he pulls out a, you know, a, and last year was a disaster for them, too, but they still won six, seven games last year. So I'd... I feel bad for TCU that I didn't even bring them up now that you're mentioning them. I, I have not mentioned them at all, though. Hey, you're right. They did a great job in the portal. Yeah. Dykes obviously can coach, and Chandler Morris was supposed to be better than the guy that almost won the Heisman last year. Right. At quarterback. So they, they absolutely should be in that discussion, too. Now, I think their schedule's a little bit tricky. Yes. Which is a, a piece of this, but they, so that's, to me, it's like next tier TCU, Oklahoma State, Baylor. And it's right. not that far off from the first tier. And then probably after that, I start talking about like Kansas UCF. Yeah. And then you're kind of towards the, the back. Uh, one piece K State stuff. So you talked to Gene Taylor, I believe, earlier. Is that correct? Did you talk to Gene uh, today? Gene, I think, is coming tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you most excited for for K State uh, this week? What, what are you trying to learn from these next couple of days? Anything that you don't know already, I mean, or just trying to give the fans yeah. a better sense of what's going on? That's the part of it. Cause so we, we just had Will Howard. We've had Will Howard twice in the last couple months. Yeah. So we were sitting there thinking, my, my buddies over that do the Three Mob podcast with me on KCSN. Gonna ask him this stuff. Yeah. We've talked to him a lot. Well, the game slowed down for you. Well, we know it slowed down yeah. for you, right? I mean, yeah. We've heard him talk about Trayshawn Moore, the Big 12 newcomer of the year, now running back, a Keegan Johnson, a wide receiver. I, I think, to for me, it will be trying to dig a little bit on some of the personnel things with K-State because to right. me, the big storyline for K-State is they have a better depth of talent than they've had in a long time. Chris Kleiman has done that with the last few recruiting classes. Mm -hmm. The question will be, do they have enough star power to replace right. Felix Anidike Uzama and Deuce Vaughn? So I'm going to start digging on that. Like Keegan Johnson will be the Malik Knowles replacement at wide receiver. He probably would have been Big Ten freshman of the year uh, offensively at Iowa, but had some injuries that kind of slowed things down for a little while there. Really talented. Yeah. There's been good buzz about him, but I want to like dig. Like, is, is this legit? Is he really going to be that guy? Does Trayshawn Ward have right. the star power, or is it going to be DJ Giddens? And then defensively, like Khalid Duke, I think is, is your replacement for Felix Andy mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, he was the guy that everybody was talking about being a pro DN. Right. So can he step into that role and, and just starting to kind of tweak on some of the personnel issues there? What is Chris Kleiman going to say? What will the players actually give us? How much confidence do they have in those guys? It's interesting because I've seen TCU walking around. I don't know if Sonny, I think Sonny's always kind of got this disposition, but I've seen the players a little bit more of a swagger about the TCU guys, uh, confidence, I understand, and understandably so. I'm wondering if we're going to see that from K-State's contingent tomorrow. I'm wondering if there's going to be a little bit, you know, like, hey, this is, this is, like, we won this league. This is our league. And I, I think it's nice that Texas kind of the hot team and TCU are going the day before, so we really get to see kind of K-State on their own. But do you think there's going to be a bit more of a little bit, not edge, but just a, confidence the K-State group? I think so, but they, they're different personality-wise than TCU. Yes. TCU's oh, yes. TCU's a little more brash with it. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, right. that's my sensibility, yes. by the way. But K-State's a little bit more subdued, quiet, humble confidence, but I, I think the key is confidence. Like, yeah. I'll give you this anecdote. Will Howard, we had him on two, three weeks ago, and I can remember I was covering him during his first season, 2020, COVID. He gets thrown into the fire. He's right. a true freshman. He's overwhelmed. 
And you could just tell, you know, I mean, there were pieces of it that were, were difficult for him to deal with, and he wasn't as confident in media interviews. Always showed up. Right. Always showed up. Stand-up guy. He wasn't as confident. Well, we ask him, like, hey, man, you guys just got these big 12 championship rings. Like, how fun has it been to, to rock those? And he goes, well, hey, wait one second. And he, like, leans over and grabs something out of the corner, and he pulls it open, shows the ring up to the camera, and I was just like, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's the cop. And that's not normally – that normally is not – you know, something you'd see from a guy like Will Howard, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, certainly not 2020 right. Will Howard. Right, Like, he right. has the confidence now to just be like, yeah. It's I'm us. I'm not going to come out here and say everybody else sucks and we're the best. I'm going to be like, hey, man, we it's got us. ring. I right. got the ring. You know it. Well, that's, that's, that's great. That, I think, is what K-State yeah. uh, John Kurtz, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, so YouTube, just John Kurtz on YouTube, J-O-H-N-K-U-R-T-Z. If you want to find the Three Law Podcast, just K-State Specific Talk. It's on KC Sports Network, but you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Just 3-M-A-W. It's like e what K-State fans say, but with a three. And then, of course, find me on Twitter, at JL Kurtz, or uh, Threads, JL Kurtz 2. You just got to add the two. Threads? You're on Threads now. got to throw in Threads. I mean, I haven't used it in like four days, but I am on there, so just in case. All right, there you go. John Kurtz, appreciate you, man. Always. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem, I kept man. too long there. Oh.